0: Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. We are the millennial movie movement. And I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, here to lead the movement into the future. So first things first, hope you're doing well. I am doing well. I'm watching lots of films that I've never seen before, which just kind of brightens my day. Uh, It's snowy, uh, snowing, I should say, and uh, it doesn't look like the snow is going to stop. So I'm going to keep watching movies that I haven't seen before uh, just for fun. And this season on the show, as you know, we've been watching a lot of classic films, and we are keeping up that momentum this week uh, with this week's film, The Apartment. Shirley MacLaine and Jack Lemon, and it's just bittersweet and beautiful and cinematography is just stunning in this film. So if you are snowed in, like me, definitely take some time, get on your Amazon Prime and rent it. I think it's like $2 and it's beautiful. And it's a nice way to kind of get through all of this cold snowy weather with a really beautiful movie to watch. Our guest this week is Stephen Garasulo, who is a friend of the network. And it was a pleasure sitting down and talking with him about this film, just in terms of different perspectives and different ways of thinking about scenes, which is one of the reasons I love this show so much. Um, If I had to describe the interview, I would say full of East Coast energy. And if you're from the East Coast, I think you'll get that. But if you're not from the East Coast, let me know what you think. (laughs) So without further ado, my interview with Steven Gurisulo about his favorite film, The Apartment. Enjoy!
1: Scopophilia, is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs... Assault no one and keep listening.
0: Hey there, Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I'm very excited to have Stephen Gersulo. Did I say that right? Did I?
1: Yeah, that was that was good. Good, good job, man. You didn't butcher that one. <laughs>
0: oh, fantastic! So Stephen is on the show, and we were introduced by a mutual friend. I would say uh, Bobby slash Robert, um, who's been helping me out with my show, and you're good friends with him. You've known him for a long time.
1: Yeah, I've known him for uh, too long. Yeah, I've known that guy since, uh, uh, you know, without giving away too much of age and numbers and years, since uh, the fr- freshman year of college. So I've known him for for when he was Bobby, and then he evolved into Robert.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And so for those of us who don't know your work or are unfamiliar, tell us a little bit about yourself.
1: Yeah, sure. Um you know, I uh, started out being an actor, I guess, in college. Uh, I went to, uh, and in high school, I acted a lot. Um, so, you know, started as an actor, went to college, got my degree in uh, dramatic arts, and um, came to New York and learned that, uh, well, it's not so easy being an actor in New York. Wow. Mm-hmm. There's like hundreds of thousands, and you got to be really tough and thick skin and, um so uh what did I do I got scared and I lived in Paris for a while <laughs> which is a nice <laughs> place if you're scared because they like actors there they go oh you're an actor oh my god and I'm like yeah why why are you so excited when you say that and they're like oh oh actor you're a comedian you know and, and French comedian <laughs> and they had all this res- respect and and I, and I thank God I lived there for many reasons but uh I learned filmmaking there uh I'm trying to like wrap this up and and summarize it, but I learned filmmaking a bit, uh, started to write, uh, for theater even before I moved to Paris. So, um, you know, actor, writer, director, but I consider myself, uh, as the years went on, um, a writer more than anything. I mean, I love to write and I would say I'm a writer more than anything and I still act and I still direct. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: Well, and so when Robert had, um, kind of, thrown your name my way, he was like, yeah, he's, you know, here's the trailer for his show, The Holdouts. And so I'm kind of slowly making my way through uh, The Holdouts, which has been very fun. Oh, cool. (laughs) And yeah, it's been really fun. And it's the one thing that is kind of fun about quarantine is that I'm getting to kind of watch new and different things that like I wouldn't maybe normally click on normally. Uh, So that's been really fun. and. It yeah. hadn't been on my radar before, but w- I mean, so what was the thought process behind like that show in particular?
1: Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, it's interesting these days, right? It's like we're, we're either, we're either zooming or watching a lot of right, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of content that uh, we're just, we're just in, in the screen uh, so much of the time, which is great for the holdouts, which I'll tell you about cause it's getting a little, a little more viewership now. So uh, that, uh, you know, that was part of a project that uh, started uh, with a co-creator of mine, Dan Menke, a friend of mine. We were acting in a movie together <clears throat> and we started talking about <clears throat> jokingly, but really uh, not so, not so we weren't really joking about how New York was disappearing. And New York is not disappearing; or, or <laughs> it's not going anywhere. Right. But I think what we were talking about is we were getting <laughs> we were like getting older, It's kind of sad. Like it's disappearing. You know, becoming one of those old New York is disappearing. You know, it's like well, all these two old guys them <laughs> hanging out talking like the <laughs> fucking New York is disappearing. And I think you know we were just this is where seeds of ideas come from. You know, and then, mm-hmm. and you can't and you can't you know deny them. It's like well. We felt like an important part of New York was vanishing, you know, like a working class or, you know, uh, people who could just afford to live in New York and make a living uh, was was quickly being replaced, frighteningly frighteningly being replaced. by, you know, fancy glass towers and amenity buildings and doggy baths inside the buildings. (laughs) Yeah. You know, yeah. And golf (laughs) simulated golf inside the buildings. And, 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 you know, you'd walk around and have to go to the bathroom, couldn't find a place to go to the bathroom without like, you know, having a cup of coffee and just going to the bathroom. You had to go to a a fancy restaurant and, or then there was Starbucks and that was everywhere or, um, you know, and it was being corp corporate. I don't know the corporatize is even a word, but it was you know the rise of the corporation, the the, mm-hmm. the mom and pop shops, that whole thing.
0: Yeah, and mm-hmm. you know
1: that, that's a whole hyper gentrification discussion. But of course, we're kind of like to think of ourselves as funny comedy drama yeah. guys, and we're like, oh, maybe we write a series about about like that. This as a way in, and that's how um, and that's how the holdout started to form its story, you know, we were like, oh, let's, let's just throw a couple of characters in a rent controlled uh, shithole. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like barely standing, maybe the only last tenement building on the block, you know, surrounded by Hudson Yards or something mm-hmm. where there's all these rising, uh, fancy amenity buildings and have these guys get offered, you know, a lot of money for a buyout, which was, which is very realistic and still is less so now. But there were these crazy buyouts and, um, you know, you can either take the money and run and where are you going to go or you mm-hmm. can stay. But the whole, and I'm, you know, I'm sort of just telling you a lot of the flood of ideas, but like, where did where was everyone going? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like they're going where? Like they're taking their money and they're leaving a city that they love? For mm-hmm. what? Like, where are they going And and... Do they ever want to come back? It was just, you know, these are the sort of seeds of any ideas of there's writers out there or people that want to be writers or storytellers, whatever you want to call yourself. Those are just the seeds of ideas that start, you start to get obsessed about. And if you're obsessed about something, you probably should write about it.
0: Absolutely, 100%. And so with all that being said, I'm enjoying it uh, as I'm going through the episodes. and uh, And it's funny thinking about this idea of like, picking up and, and leaving, you know, a city that you really love in this day and age, because I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, New York is shut down or, Mm. you know, maybe there's not as much going on in New York right now because of the pandemic. So it's kind of interesting seeing it through like this new 2020, 2021 pandemic lens. Um, But I'm also feeling that way with a lot of things that take place in New York, I feel like.
1: (laughs) Right. Right. You mean other series that take place in New York or just like that what's happening in the city?
0: Uh, I mean a little bit of both. Like if, yeah, I mean, if you throw on like a, like a sex in the city or something and it's like, that is so much different than what's going on in New York right Right. now. (laughs) Right.
1: Right. I mean, you know, and, and it's, but it's fascinating. I was talking to my friend last night and she lives in the suburbs and she's like, yeah, you know, my I have a problem in my basement and I have to get a guy to come with a snake. There's water. And I'm like, these are the things that people in the city are, because they're leaving like crazy. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, I want to live in the sub." I'm not knocking the suburbs. I'm just saying it's a cult. It's a shift, right? Yeah. I want yeah, yeah. to live in the Catskills. I want to live in somewhere. And they don't know about the septic tank in the basement when it floods or a snake or like right. a, 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 some kind of a vacuum that vacuums up water. like. That's a whole, like, that's what that's that that's part of the reality when you live out there. I, I think, right. <laughs> well, and then you must be like, hey, man, I miss just like you know, calling up delivery at three in the morning, right?
0: <laughs> exactly,
1: septic tank. I don't know, interesting.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, and so let me ask you I so Robert got in contact with me and said, I have this great friend, he should come on the show, and I was like, great. And so I said, What movie do you want to do? And you picked The Apartment from 1960, Correct. which I had not seen before. Shame on me.
1: Oh, well, that's okay. There's so many movies out there.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm trying to catch up. It's, you know, it's a learning curve. I'm not going
1: to, I'm not movie shaming you. There's so many, right. you know, oh, you have never seen that. No, <laughs> there's like five million movies. I haven't <laughs> seen that. Well, if you're serious about that, you should see that. Well, now I'll see it then. Right. You know, yeah.
0: On your recommendation, I watched it. Um.
1: <laughs> oh, great. Oh, great. Oh, yeah. But- yeah.
0: Let me ask you, uh, what was it about The Apartment that you were like, this is the one that I want to talk about for X amount of time?
1: Oh, well, that's a that's a, um, that's a good question because there's so many great films out there. And I, I will plug Bobby again. He was the first person who introduced me to The Apartment. Uh, oh, great. Back when... Um, you know, not back when, but now you can't go to the movies. But uh, hopefully, right. we, we can again. But we went down to the village on one sunny, like one, I'm sorry, one dreary Sunday afternoon, and uh, we saw it. And uh, you know, I don't think it struck me then, um, but in revisiting it, because I just sometimes I'm, you know, maybe it was too young to appreciate it. I don't, I don't know.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: but when I revisited it not too long ago, I just. It's a New York story, uh, which which is great. And Jack Lemon is a uh, young actor at the time. Shirley MacLaine won uh, maybe one of our first films. I just love, I loved how these two people, um, you know, they call it a comedy, comedy drama, but it had this, be- it just the tone of it was 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 it was labeled a comedy, but it was had these serious tones about these two people trapped in their own worlds and trapped in their past and we can get into specifics. But what was so moving was how, uh, you know, the movie was like trucking along and all of a sudden it slowed down and, uh, you know, the lead, the lead stripped by, by played by Shirley MacLaine takes sleeping pills and uh, we'll talk about the specifics, but they, they play gin rummy in <laughs> his apartment and it just leads, it starts just like, it's like a, truck that just keeps driving really fast and all of a sudden it slows down in the middle of the movie and they just talk over Gin Rummy and it lets you in and you could see that they're falling in love with each other without even saying it at all but you could, mm-hmm. you could feel it as much as they deny it and it just really brought me in to this world of their characters and then their past started coming out and then you learned all about them and I love stories like that where they don't have to jam that stuff in in the beginning they don't have to feel like they have to tell you all about the characters they can just get you interested in them and bring you along and then expose all that stuff later on and slow it down and you just fall in love with the story uh, and and you you really want these people to get together it's like that classic uh, romantic comedy where you know they will. Mm-hmm. But it's quite beautifully crafted, and I admire that. And I just love the um, the way the romance exposed itself later in the movie so beautifully without any effort, um, and with but with really careful structure. And it was a New York story, and I thought it was it it really told the line between comedy and drama, in, in a fascinating way, in a brilliant uh, way that's uh, admirable. Absolutely.
0: Well, and I mean, like you said, it has, like, these really, you know, kind of silly comedic moments and then these really kind of dark, serious moments, too. Right. Amid, like, this whole kind of interesting narrative as well. Because, like, when I first started watching it, the one of the first things I wrote down was, like, because he has this conversation with the guy in his apartment of, like, all right, well, you have to get out now. And I'm, like, are they roommates? Like, Mm. I'm not sure what the situation is here, and no, it's he's renting his apartment out to these people, to these executives who are like bringing home mistresses and women that they meet who aren't their wives.
1: Yeah, and he even started to jump in, and not only that, he's not he, he's 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 doing it for for free. I mean, the rent I- agreement is that if he they they use his apartment, he can move up the corporate ladder, right? Which is just so. I mean, and that's yeah. That's another thing I love about the movie is a, uh, you know, uh, uh, a main character who thinks that he's going to be happy by climbing up the ladder of success. We all attach, but it's not that. It's, yeah. And, 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 and sorry to jump in there, but yeah. No, it's, no. It's a, see, but that's, but you're saying that's how, you don't know who that guy is. It's in, in the beginning of the movie.
0: Yeah. It's almost like because he's walking home and he's like, sometimes I can't come home. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's like an odd couple situation. Like they just don't want to be right. around each other like as roommates. And then it's like, oh, no, they don't live together. He lives by himself.
1: <laughs> Guy can't even live in his own home. I mean, right. he's, he's choosing not to live in his, he's choosing not <laughs> to live in his own home and to, 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 to live in Central Park at 11 at night. Right. So he can climb up the corporate ladder. I mean, it's incredible.
0: Absolutely. And that, and I mean, right after that, there's that whole scene of like, he's sick. So now he has to rearrange the entire schedule of these guys coming in like almost every night to his apartment. And okay, I need Wednesday so that I can go to sleep early and that way I'm not sick. So can you move your Wednesday to next Wednesday and (laughs) his Wednesday to Thursday? And It's just, it's hysterical as like a forward to what happens later on.
1: Mm, right, right. The great lengths that he's going to, to 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 make these people happy, but but not himself.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, so then let me ask you: Do you what would you say is your favorite part of this movie?
1: Hmm. I thought about that. Um, I I could tell you what hit me just revisiting it uh, the most is again. And this is maybe to all the screenwriters out there, and I'm not a. I'm not a huge like screenwriter aficionado. Structure. <laughs> Let's talk about plot and development and all this. Right. I think those are all important things. I I'm just I'm not that I'm not that type of guy. But um, I, I, you know, you do have to earn you know the moments. You know, they have to be truthful. And I think the moment that hits me the most is when she runs. You know, that I mean, they got me, man. The romantic comedy aspect. I mean, she runs to his apartment on new year's eve she realizes that she loves him and uh opens the door and he's got the champagne and she says i'm on my own now i mean no he says i'm on my i'm on my own she goes you're moving you're 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 packing your boxes what are you doing leaving the you know i'm paraphrasing here leaving the yeah leaving your home and he goes well i'm on my own now and she looks at him and she says so am i
0: Mm.
1: And I think that that's like so earned and so beautiful, and they don't need to say anything else anymore. Yeah, you know they're they're both free, like they're, they're both free from these crazy situations. Him pimping out his apartment to move up the corporate ladder, and he does He moves right. up the corporate ladder, and he realizes that that doesn't make him happy. That doesn't make him happy at all. And you know she's freed herself from this extramarital, you know, this affair that she's having with a married man who. Just wants to now that he's free, wants to just go with a bunch of women, and and it just really doesn't love him. And so she's free now, and they're both also free from their past. They both have really horrible relationships in the past that have caused her to take sleeping pills and obviously in the movie and try to kill herself, and he tried to kill himself too after an affair he had with a married woman. Interesting, right? I didn't I didn't catch that until I you know he he was with in his past a married woman and it didn't work out and he tried to shoot himself and uh it's like yeah right it's like is this a drama or a comedy that's why it's really brilliant right
0: right well and he tells the story as if it's like oh yeah I did this funny thing where I tried to kill myself and I accidentally Mm -hmm. shot my knee and it's like kind of kooky in the way he tells it but it's like very serious and so even when Shirley Shirley McLean is running to his apartment in the end. Like we see the gun that he's like packed it. And then we hear like a pop and it's like, oh my gosh. And she's also thinking, oh my gosh, he like shot, she shot himself. He quit his job, like blah, blah, blah. But it's, it's the champagne and he's fine. And it's like, it's so dark and yet kind of comical at the same time.
3: I went through exactly the same thing myself. You did? Well, maybe not exactly the same. I tried to do it with a gun. Over a girl? Worse than that, it was the wife of my best friend. And I was mad about her. But I knew it was hopeless and I decided to end it all. I went to a pawn shop and I bought a 45 automatic and I drove up to Eaton Park. you know Cincinnati? No, I don't. Well, anyway, I parked the car and I loaded that gun. You read in the papers all the time that people shoot themselves? Believe me, it's not that easy. I mean, how do you do it? Here? her, Here? You know where I finally shot myself? Where? Yeah. In the knee? While I was sitting there trying to make up my mind, a cop stuck his head in the car because I was illegally parked and I tried to hide the gun under the seat and it went off. Wow oh,
0: That's terrible.
3: it was a year before I could bend the knee. But I got over the girl in three weeks. Still lives in Cincinnati. Has four kids and gained 20 pounds. Sends me a fruitcake every Christmas. Are you just making this up to make me feel better? Of course not. Here's the fruitcake. You no, don't see my knee.
0: No, thank you. The fellas in the office, might get the wrong idea how I found
3: out. <laughs> hey, them Look, I'm going to cook dinner for us tonight. You have the food cake for dessert. You just sit there and rest. You've done enough for today.
1: I know, but you know, you said something that I think just is, is it really nails it. It was, it, it, it's a throwaway. Oh yeah, you know, there was that time when I'm, I'm shot and I shot my knee instead. Right. Hey. But it's a throwaway. and so, But it's brilliant, right? They're throwing away these heavy moments that you would think like today they would probably make that moment so dramatic mm-hmm. in a movie, but they're just throwing this stuff away just a little. It's yeah. quite, quite brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely. Um, yeah. You just, it's really, I, I, you know, I don't know. I think that Billy Wilder, you know, he got uh, best director, best, I think a best film, best screenplay. And he produced mm-hmm. it, directed it and he wrote it. And It's just what an accomplishment.
0: Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. Well, and like, I was looking at the awards and it was nominated for 10 Academy Awards and it won five of them. Mm. It's the last film in black and white to win an Academy
1: Award. Really? Becca, I I didn't (laughs) know that. Wow.
0: Well, so it's the last like true black and white film to win an Academy Award until uh, Schindler's List. But that one has like a little bit of color. And then right. uh, The Artist in 2011, which is completely black and white. But this is like classic black and white film, I think.
1: <laughs> you wow. know what Wait, I mean? was that last one you said in 2011? I couldn't hear that one.
0: Oh, it was uh, The Artist, the silent oh, film. Oh, The Artist. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, yes, yeah. I saw that. That's right. Great. Yeah, great film. Wow. That's a cool, that's 1960, right? Last black, black and yeah. white winner. That's really cool. I, I like that. That's really cool. I know that.
0: I was watching uh this film to make sure that I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And uh and it there was a choice made of like in 1960 there were films in color. And so they made a choice of like we're going to do this in black and white instead of color, which kind mm. of I think gives it a different vibe than if cuz I mean you got to think all these women coming into the office would be wearing like really gorgeous, you know, bright Technicolor clothing and things like that and I think the the black and white, almost kinds of. Mm. I'm trying to think of the right words. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. No. No. I'm. I'm. Uh, first of all, I'm intimidated by your film knowledge. I didn't even know I, I, in 1960. Like this. This is what I'm talking about. I like my film history knowledge is like, oh man, people have been listening to this guy. Like, where did he come from? This Steven Jarensulow. Like, I didn't even know in 1960 they were going back and forth. But you know, look at Mad Men and how colorful that series is and it's in the early 60s. So I see what you're talking about. You know, that's an interesting choice then by him. You know, it's like, again, the comedy drama, it's black, white. Like, I don't know. It's so, you know, it brings you into the the characters. Maybe I I have no idea, but it's stronger. Black. I wouldn't want to see it in color. (laughs) But it would just distract me, I think, from from this bleak world that they're both living in. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. I think I would agree with that. And I mean, I think there's, Something to be said about, you know, f- seeing things in black and white too. And it's interesting because the, if you look on Amazon, the uh, cover for The Apartment is in color. So I was like, oh, oh it's right. You're it's right. Technicolor film. And then I played it and I was like, it is not a Technicolor film.
1: <laughs> that's so weird. You see, that's interesting that you said that. Now you, you, you put, you summed it up for me because I, I saw the post it and I'm like, what's that movie? Right. Like it's just, it didn't, like the marketing. It's just like that is not. That's something, Is that the apartment, the TV series, or something? On, right. I'm, I'm, it totally took me out of it. It's very interesting. You point that out, and I didn't make the make the connection. It's funny.
0: Yeah, it's just it's just kind of an interesting thought. Uh, like when you take a step back and mm-hmm. look at this movie of like, and I feel like, okay, let me ask you this question instead. Do you have i I have a favorite line in this movie. Mm. What would you say is your favorite line? Is it in like that last kind of favorite scene where she's running to his apartment? Is it something else, like a one-liner?:
1: Ooh, um you might have to go first on that one. I mean I like <laughs> uh, you know, um you know, that's the way it crumbles cookie wise. <laughs> Uh, that's 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 the way it crumbles cookie wise and you know i i think that's the first thing that pops to my mind and how again brilliantly he uses that phrase to have her say that to uh, fred mcmurray's uh, character at new year's eve happy birthday fran he kisses her and uh tells him about baxter and you know uh, she she says I think she says the line there. That's well, that's crumbles yeah. cookie wise. And he's like, What are you talking about?
2: Yeah. And, and that's her like,
1: way of saying, I, I love that guy. I got you. Yeah. It. And it yeah, you know, that would be something like that.
2: Yeah, so good.
1: That How that's about a you? great.
0: Um, so my my favorite is after Sheldrake fires Miss Olsen and because she told um Fran. Well, yeah. So because he, she told Fran about all of the women that he'd been sleeping with, and then right. like he fires her. Right. He's like, "I want you my, out of my office." Which my first instinct was like, "You can't do that." But it's nineteen sixty, <laughs> so like,
1: right? The,
0: the rules are different.
1: Yeah, you're you're toast today, dude. Right.
0: <laughs> and then she calls his wife, and he comes out, and she's he goes, "What are you still doing here?" And she goes, "I made a personal call. Here's a dime." <laughs> it's yeah. Like. And walks out of the office. I'm like, what a badass line of here's a dime to pay for the personal call I made in your office. Amazing.
1: And I, I love I love that, Becky. You know, because here's a dime and it costs a dime to literally right. blow your life apart.
0: Right. Oh, uh, so
2: good. Pretty,
1: pretty cool. I, I'd lo- you know, it makes me think she drops. I would love that she drops the dime, right? Mm-hmm. And he also drops the later on, I mean, now we're like getting like you know at least I am a cinema geeky whatever <laughs> But I, I get off on this stuff sometimes' it's, you know Jack Lemon later on, his character Baxter, he drops the bathroom key or mm,
0: something yeah, and
1: like drops it thinks it's right in front of him and says, you know, here's your key, he thinks it's the apartment key, but it's the bathroom, yeah, key, uh washroom key or whatever, and you know there's just it's like these little can I swear on the show? I don't know. Sure. They're these are little fuck you's, you know? Yeah. To him. He's Absolutely. a bastard, man. He's like firing his secretary. He's manipulating this guy. He's having affairs. I mean, you know, people just drop little drop and little fuck you's in front of him.
0: Yeah. Well, and he's such an interesting character because at first, I think through the first at least half of the movie for me, it's he's telling Fran all these things of like, I am I am acting absolutely going to leave my wife. I miss you. I want to be mm. together with you. And it's like, oh my gosh, like this is going to be a scandalous movie. He's going to divorce his wife. And mm. then he talks to Baxter and he's like, yeah, you go out with the dame a couple of times and all of a sudden she wants you to divorce your wife. And what's up with that? And it's like, oh. Scumbag. This guy <laughs> is the worst.
1: <laughs> just really. And, and, you know, the only reason why he's is, is, is his wife kicks him out yeah he wasn't gonna leave his wife no kicks him out and he doesn't he in that last scene uh you know in the last scene for i guess for the viewer uh, the, the listeners out there you know he they have uh it's new year's eve and they're at some rooftop restaurant in manhattan and the streamers and the piano player and everyone's partying and singing and and he has the, the the little horn or whatever that what do you call that? Uh, yeah, uh, I don't know what that thing is called. And <laughs> you know, and, and you know, the, the whole this whole thing, and he it, and he just looks like a little goofball and kid who's just in the playground, and he hasn't even dealt with his shit yet,
2: right? <laughs> just right.
1: this little goofball that you know. Oh, I got us an apartment, a, a hotel room in Atlantic City, and you know, and and he's just. Right you know like you you know you see him for the first time like he looks like he's 15 years old or something. oh boy this guy's you know
0: yeah well and one of the funny things is because you have you know um you have sheldrake who's kind of like the last piece of the puzzle in terms of people who go to the apartment all the time but then you have like Five or six other guys who are also using it on rotation. One of the notes I wrote down was, "Why can't these guys go to hotels?"
1: (laughs) Well, that's a good question. (laughs) Um, I I have my own answer, but do you? you, Why do you think? I mean, I I could give you mine, but I
0: mean, the only thing I can think of is like credit card statements or like some kind of paper trail.
1: That's what I think.
0: Yeah, Yeah. you think that's it?
1: (laughs) I think it's a paper trail. I, I mean, because. I mean, why wouldn't they do that? You know, like they're going to get found out. Um, that That's the only thing I could justify it with a paper trail. So they right. use the department.
0: Right. I just, well, and even after Sheldrake, okay, so Sheldrake's wife kicks him out. And so he's now a, a free agent. Why can't he just get a hotel? Room? <laughs> I mean, why is he forcing Baxter to use his apartment?
2: I know. Well,
1: he shacks up at the at the something club. I I, right. I, I, I don't. I think it's the something men's club that uh, you know uh, prohibits women from staying there. Why yeah. would you put yourself in that situation? When right. You're, when you're free, dude, just it's go like, to a hotel. <laughs> go to the Roosevelt on Forty Fourth Street. It was there back then.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh, you know, uh, you know, he claims that there's no hotels um, available on New Year's Eve in New York City. Right. We we'll plan ahead, dude. Yeah. I don't, don't know.
0: It's, don't just assume Baxter's going to let you use his apartment.
1: Well, see, maybe that's it. He's he's such a walkover. He's you know they're just walking over that guy. That's true. Yeah. And you know maybe they, you know that was the idea behind it. But you know you have to exaggerate all these things and hopefully have the audience suspend their disbelief a little, but yeah, he's just a walkover. So I mean, t- until he doesn't want to get walked over anymore. Absolutely. You know, and puts his foot down and, um, wants to be happy.
0: Yeah. And good for him for making that choice of I'm going to be happy. Cause he does get the big office and he does get the job that like he was aiming for, but he's not happy because he's around all these terrible people <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's I think that's the answer maybe the answer to answer your question is like what I love about it is called the apartment. And it's not about the apartment, although they use it as a device. It's about a man just wanting wanting to be happy and 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 also a woman wanting to be happy. And they don't know how to do that. They're trapped in these they're, I mean, if you really want to get all weird about it, they're their apartments, their cells, whatever that is, and they're just trapped in that world, man. And it's it's uh, you know, it's a it's a larger story, which would just tie it back to the holdouts. The holdouts is about uh, a rent control apartment, but it's not about the apartment mm. it's a, you know it's about you know wait, you know sort of um you know waking up to to like what makes you happy? what do you want to do you know what yeah you know what what's out there you know it's like you could you could you could get locked in the past or you could just you know kind of just go along with what you know like New York is changing right. <laughs> the city <laughs> is gonna keep changing I don't agree with everything, but you kind of gotta part of you, you have to roll with it. You can't be locked in the analog, in the past world. You kind of got to roll with something. You got to find you got to find your groove in the in the present moment, whatever that is.
0: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> you, know, and, and, you know and you know and you think it's this and then you you know that's always one. That's always a sign of a great story. You think it's climbing the ladder of success, but it's not. I mean, even have that was that animated film? Did you see Soul?
0: I haven't seen it yet, but I've been I've been wanting to. I've I'm heard not going
1: to blow it for you. I'm not going to okay. blow it for you. All I'll say that deals with that theme of uh, I'd be interested. Well, we'll talk about that another time. Okay. but it's the same thing. You know, I mean, you think it's this, you think your purpose is this, but it's really not. It's this.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's been told so many times, but the apartment uh, really tells it in a beautiful way. And yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I'd say so. Well, so, and let me ask you on a personal note. Yeah. Have you ever been in a breakup that felt as dire as some of these characters felt about their breakups?
1: Ooh, um, yeah. Um, I've definitely been, you know, in situations where uh, I couldn't let go of the, you know, of, of of the person who broke up with me and what that meant you know, and my God, I was in love with that person. And, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to not live, but I just, I I don't know how to be happy now Mm -hmm. because that was my world. So I don't know how to, you know, even at a young age uh, and, you know, you, you descend into, uh, you know, loneliness. And I think that that I can relate to. And I think what's inspiring about, you know, about this story is that, you know, you get used to it being yeah. alone. And um, then you think that it's just always going to uh, maybe be that way. You know, or you just don't, you you kind of like with, with these characters and when, and and I can relate to is that you just, well, I just have bad luck with guys. That's what she said. I just have bad luck with guys. yeah And I think he's just like, I just have bad luck with relationships. I'm just not meant for that. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that. I'm just like, eh, maybe this is just not for me. Sometimes I still feel like that. I'm like, I don't know if I'm really cut out for this. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just not. You know, it's it's uh, it's not uh, not easy being alone. And when you're alone, you gotta fall in love with being alone. You know, until yeah. until you have a partner. And um, I don't know where I'm going with this conversation. <laughs> I really have no idea. As you can tell, I'm so quite horrible speaking about personal shit that's why i write i'm like oh it's so easy just to write a story because <laughs> i don't know what the hell i'm talking about right now but i can, that's, that's like one well, of this guy is really screwed up but i can no. you know, but i mean you know, a uh heartache i can deal with i think mm-hmm. i could definitely i'm uh, not deal with identify with um and i think i can definitely uh Uh, identify with um, the wonderful feeling of falling in love with someone, but as a best friend.
2: Mm. And
1: I think that that's what, you know, it's like someone that you could just tell anything to. And uh, that's, that's, uh, I think the most important seed of any relationship. So I think that they found that in that movie and I can definitely connect with that.
0: Yeah. I mean, a hundred percent. I absolutely agree. I think, Being friends with somebody really, it just adds something to your relationship where, I mean, communication and and honesty are so important to me in my relationships that I think it just adds that kind of level of intimacy, I guess. And it's great that these two people find it in this film because... You have Shirley MacLaine, Fran, she takes sleeping pills and you almost think she's going to die. It's like, oh, well, that's the end of Shirley MacLaine's character Mm. and how she, you know, but you kind of see her go through like the breakup stages or post breakup stages of like, okay, she's depressed. She doesn't want to get out of bed. She doesn't want to eat. But then these two people kind of help each other figure out their own stuff. You know what I mean? I think that's kind of the the other kind of subtle beauty because it is it is the scenes that kind of slow down, like you had said, but it's also like very sweet and very intimate, and like having having dinner together, like very yeah. simple things.
1: I was just thinking that to jump in, like that 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 moment where he's. Of course, some great stuff uh you know he's cooking the spaghetti and he drains it through the tennis racket, right. <laughs> it's so original and I heard you know I read somewhere that you know Billy Wilder, the director, he didn't like really actors to improvise he, you know stay stay by the script right so he let lemon you know improvise uh you know work with lemon on some like at hot mary Monroe i, I mm-hmm. directed that, but uh you know he was comfortable with this actor and he improvised a lot of that, you know he's whistling in the kitchen, and it just builds up to this candlelight dinner you know and she pops in and she goes what should i wear you know come as you are and 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 i'm getting goosebumps just talking about it because it builds up to this moment where it's just a simple spaghetti dinner with meatballs (laughs) classic romantic comedy shit but this is early this is 1960 yeah you know and 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 it's like the candles are lit and they finally have each other and like the brother-in-law busts in and like punches the shit out of
0: of course
2: and they of don't
1: course. even eat, they don't even eat the spaghetti. You know?
0: That it's that's the saddest part of that whole scene is that they <laughs> don't have they don't get to have spaghetti together and drink <laughs> champagne.
1: <laughs> right? Uh the the payoff comes later of course, but uh mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, and um anyway, I, I was going to say something before but I I I can't remember. But yeah, it's um um something about uh it'll come back to me. <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope it comes back to me. But yeah, um, spaghetti dinner. It's well, do you, when new.
0: would you like to hear a fun fact about Marilyn Monroe?
1: Um, Becky, I would love to hear so many right. fun facts uh, <laughs> on Saturday, the day that this, this day only lasts one time. So, right. please sh- share me, share me the fun facts.
0: Well, you had mentioned Marilyn Monroe because she had done uh, some like it hot. And so apparently there's a fact on IMDb that says that Marilyn Monroe, she saw the movie and she told Billy Wilder that she was so sad that she couldn't play Fran. Like, I think she had another engagement or he was was trying to like not use her in all of his films because he does put a character in who he's like, oh, yeah, she looks just like Marilyn Monroe. You got to give me the apartment.
2: That's right. (laughs)
0: As like a shout out to, yes, we know Marilyn Monroe is not in this movie. But exactly. yeah, I thought, I thought that was interesting. And, and how different of a movie it would be if if it oh, hadn't yeah. been Shirley MacLaine and it had been Marilyn Monroe.
1: I think totally. Like uh, outer beauty, se- sexual appeal. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Shirley MacLaine is definitely a beautiful, attractive, but in a whole different I think way Yeah, that's you know, uh you know, she's also like a kid, she's an elevator yeah. girl. I can't see Marilyn Monroe playing an elevator kid. Just, <laughs> um, anyway, but you know, that's how it happens, right? You have the big stars first and then, you know, the universe works in mysterious ways. I think it was Billy Crudup that was supposed to play Leonardo DiCaprio's role in Titanic. Oh yeah. I mean, you know, you hear these stories. I right, don't know if true they are. <laughs> uh, you know, I just don't know. Like, he turned the role down, and so then Leonardo DiCaprio played the role. And, you know, this is. Uh, but you know, I, I don't. I don't know if that's true or not. But um, you know, thank thank God that uh, that Shirley McClain played that role. She was she was sweet. She was vulnerable.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's Such a beautiful uh, see an actor really play vulnerability like that, and and and. And, and throw away these huge lines to make them so simple. Yeah. yeah she, she, was, she was extraordinary. Absolutely.
0: There's that scene where I think she's laying in bed and mm. Baxter, I think it's the same time Baxter say, says that's the way it crumbles cookie-wise. But she has this beautiful, like, glamour lighting and she's just looking at him. And I think she says something like, well, I don't like myself very much. Or mm. something along those lines. And it's just, like, there's kind of a, a, like you said, a vulnerability. There's, like, a juxtaposition of, like, how gorgeous she looks and, and the dialogue, too. And it's just just absolutely stunning. Would you mind opening that window?
3: Now, don't go getting any ideas, Miss Kubelik.
0: I just want some fresh
3: air. It's only one story down. The best you could do is break a leg.
0: So they'll shoot me <laughs> like a horse.
3: Please, Miss Kubelik, you got to promise me you won't do anything foolish.
0: Who'd care? I would. Why can't I ever fall in love with somebody nice like you?
3: Yeah, well, that's the way it crumbles, cookie-wise.
1: All right, let's just get really sappy. Go ahead, wait, wait, hold on, because I have, I'm jumping in, I'm cutting you yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're you're capturing something so beautifully. See, that's that's why this all right, everyone. Everyone out there <laughs> you need to go see the apartment right away. <laughs> um, you know, intimacy, emotional intimacy. You know, that's the whole that's what we say these days. They probably didn't talk about that and uh, who knows in nineteen sixty. But you know, she starts I don't think I've yeah, I don't feel very good about myself these days. I don't think I've had you know, feel like a like a car crash or something. My relationships are like a car crash.
2: Yeah, I, I don't, like- I don't,
1: I don't want. I, I don't know what the line. is. I don't even want to go on anymore. I don't see mm-hmm. what the point is. You know, and and wow, man, just opening up to him. And, yeah, and uh yeah, I don't know where I'm going with that. But they're building emotional intimacy again. Nothing's on the nose in this script. It it's it's quite beautiful the way that they just throw away these huge lines. I think you really captured it. Like, but she throws that away. I just don't know if I want to go on anymore. I don't have very good luck with men or I don't know what. you Yeah. It's, just, it's like says it off the very, very throwaway.
0: Absolutely. Well, and I mean, like you said, she, she opens up so quickly and maybe it's just because he's like watched her almost die. And like, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, they're there. They're at that point in their relationship where like, she can just say, whatever she wants or whatever Mm. she needs to get off her chest it's just so interesting to see these people who like before you even know that Shirley McLean is having an affair with Sheldrake you're like oh like you know Baxter's life is you know it's starting to look up he's getting the promotion and now he's got these tickets he's going to take out the girl and then it all kind of comes crumbling down because she's with somebody else and so to f- have these, like, characters find each other again after everything, mm. I think it's just so sweet. <laughs> it's just you so know,
1: sweet. It really is. It's like that feeling of you want to shake her. Yes. You want to shake her and say, snap out of this. You're, you know, you're, you're seeing a married man. You're, you're caught up in this thing. You're, you know, you, do want, you want to shake her, but you know you can't shake her. People have to shake themselves out of their own stuff yeah and, you know she does, and it's again beautiful how she realizes that uh, later on on new Year's eve uh when she hears that uh Baxter you know uh played by lemon uh, mm-hmm. that he that he's refused um uh shel- sheldrake to uh, go to his apartment especially with her never with her right and um you know that's she she um, that hits her, really hits her. And she said, this guy really, I don't know what, you know, she's realizing that, that, that maybe he loves her, but I'm wondering what else she's thinking. Like, God, I really need someone like that. Or that's the yeah. type of person I want in my life.
0: Yeah. Well, and cause she even says something like, why can't I fall in love with a nice guy like you? Why, why am I always nice. falling in love with, you know, men who treat me like dirt? Mm. And it's like, and you do. You want to shake her. You're like, well, then, well then look at him. <laughs> and then go started, for him. You deserve uh, better.
1: <laughs> oh, the great seeds of a romantic comedy. Right. <laughs> oh, man. Right. Classic. Classic. <laughs> Classic. God, they this got us. They got us, Becky. They got us. They got us good. <laughs> and you, know, you want to watch it over and over. At least I, I love to revisit this film, uh, you know, mm-hmm. for what it is. It's just... Uh, you know, I guess it it's it inspires me to to write films like that. I think that you know, television, it's oversaturated. I know that's where the market is. And if there's any people who are out there who are screenwriters and directors, yeah, everyone wants to do a TV series and right. I totally get that because I'm doing that too. i mean, I, I I write my own spec stuff and scripts, and you know, I'd love to to do that. But there's nothing like the arc of a film. You have you have two hours, mm-hmm. and you really could take people. You know, it's the old thing. Well, you could take people, but you can take people on a nice journey in two hours. And you know, uh, television. It's so it's a quick drug. It's like you're 45 minutes, and you got to get out. Yeah, you know, yeah. an hour, whatever it is, and you just got to you got to give them some cocaine, and some <laughs> adrenaline rush. You know, bring them to the precipice and just leave the audience there into the next episode, and that's the that's what's going on. At least that's my take and mm-hmm. what's going on right now. And, you know, these beautifully crafted comedy drama, that's what they call the apartment too. Mm-hmm. I was like, it's a comedy? Then they say comedy drama. Then they say satire. <laughs> uh, they have all these you know, ways to, they don't really know how to even right. <laughs> categorize it. But <laughs> that's a beautiful, that's because it's a beautiful story. Like you said, in the beginning of this podcast that, it's you are laughing at the silly lines and the next moment she's trying to commit suicide. Yeah. And you're like, what? Wait a second. And that's a beautifully crafted story, and it's two hours uh around then, around mm-hmm. that running time. And uh um uh, that's why I think we want to go on that journey again and again. These characters and go like why we keep watching great movies like that.
0: I think you're absolutely right. And I mean, like you said, they don't make movies like this anymore. And I feel like I say that all the time about classic films because it's true, one. And two, I think it's just, there's like this weird kind of nostalgia or like, granted, like I'll never know what 1960 was like because Mm. I wasn't around. So there's a feeling of like, oh, what would it be like? And it seems kind of glamorous and, and I don't know if it's the black and white aspect or the fact that it's a different time that I'll never know or whatever, but it's just one of those things where it's just films were crafted differently back then than they are now, you Mm. know what I mean? And it's, I just feel like not that either one is better. It's just, I think personally for me, I'm like, I wish there was a little more of that thought of history in films now, if that Mm. makes sense.
1: (laughs) No, this is, look, this is something I think about all the time. And I think you're, you know, uh, I, had, I also had a vision of us like sitting on a stoop, you know, <laughs> playing older people. Oh, they just don't make movies like this anymore. <laughs> Becky, Becky, they don't make movies. I know, Steven. We're, we're actually <laughs> at the, the, the but By the way, the location of the apartment, I'm so obsessed. I walked on West 69, 69th uh, Street is where they filmed it. Yeah. And that it takes place on West sixty seven. And I took a picture of the um, the apartment. It's still there. Can you Aww. believe it? I love that. It's still there, even though they knock down the stoop and all that stuff. It's still there. Oh. But uh, I know like, how dare they knock it down? Right. See, that's the holdouts. Like you know, the main character in the holdouts would like if he found out they were knocking down the stoop of the original apartment where they filmed right. the apartment, he'd probably try to stop it from happening. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the lead character in the holdouts, wonderfully played by Kevin Corrigan, by the way. Yeah, And
2: absolutely. you know, uh,
1: I, you know, I just think that, yeah, you know, and, and, and then I start to just building off what you just said, these directors like Billy Wilder, you know, he's from born in Austria, which is now Poland, I think where he was born, but mm-hmm. Ernst Lubitsch, you know, who did so many films shop around the corner is a great one, you know, born mm-hmm. in Germany or Berlin. And I, you know, they, 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 they come from these theater backgrounds they learned in theater. And then they, you know, they, I, I like to think they're bringing, not only this great theatrical storytelling, you know driven by character, you know revealing stuff slowly, you know reeling you in slowly, but also with this with this really sharp craftsmanship of storytelling of you know arcing the story and all this stuff but it's the it's just blend of like um theatrical uh, uh, learning in the theater uh, I think is has a lot to do with it, and also they're they're European and I, I like to think without sounding pretentious that. You know, they're bringing these European values over to America and trying to, you know, there's a lot of European characters, the doctor in the Mm -hmm. apartment who lives down the hall. Uh, They all have these accents like, are they from Austria or Germany? Like, where are these people from? Budapest? I don't know where they're from. But they're, but they're, it's almost like in my own strange way, like they're saying, hey, Americans, like, You know, we got some richer stuff here. (laughs) (laughs) We've been around for hundreds of years. Let let us teach you something. Right. Right. And and it's in the the makeup, the DNA of these films back then that I don't find too much now these days. It's my long winded (laughs) reaction to why don't they make movies anymore? These, you know. No. uh,
0: I mean, I think that's true. And I mean, like you were saying, you learned, excuse me, you learned filmmaking in, in France and that's a whole different experience than learning filmmaking here or learning filmmaking in Germany or Canada or anything like that. There's always like a different signature on different kinds of films. Like if you watch this film versus a French film at the same time, it's going to have a completely different feel.
1: Well, you know, Becky, this is the wonderful thing about your podcast. I'll tell you right now. is like <laughs> you don't really sit down and talk about this stuff too much unless we're on a stoop, maybe, I don't know, have right. a coffee or something. <laughs> right. But, you know, you made me realize something, which I'm grateful for you, for even having me on the show, is that maybe the reason why I like the apartment is that I did learn, you know, we all have our own stories. Every writer and screenwriter out there and director or whatever you want to call yourself, you know um you know where where does it come from well, why do you do what you do and what do you want to do what kind of stories do you want to tell and i think the apartment is like this blend between european flavor maybe mm-hmm. of uh, telling a slower story with um um characters actually sitting down and talking to each other even though it happens a little later on in the film and mm-hmm. you know the american screenplay structure you know, you yeah. know th- this is the paint by numbers thing you have got to have protagonist he, you know, he or she has to uh, have a journey. And, you know, you, you every scene has to reveal detailed information and it has to be really tight and uh, connected and all that stuff. And the Europeans are like, ah, I need a little, you know, when <laughs> I learn filmmaking in France, like, okay, that's great and everything, but tell something original. I mean, right. that's, I'm not saying an American screenwriter, you have to tell something original. Mm-hmm. We all do. But they are more about, Get excited around your story. Don't worry about the structure so much. Find your own structure. Find your own way. Don't use this model screenplay template. Find your own way. That's at least that's my takeaway. When I lived in France, and I think the apartment maybe that's why I like it. It sort of blends those. Vermeer does uh, blends those two um, kind of um, characteristics of like. You know, American screenplay structure meets like you know more laissez-faire European sort of let yeah. flow, and this also. The, anyway, that's my. Who no. knows? If that's a bunch of bullshit. I I, I don't know, what the, <laughs> you know. That's a bunch of fucking bullshit to make me feel better on your show. I have no idea, but I, I do. I do feel it. No, no. Now. Maybe I, it'll change.
0: I think that's such an interesting point, and because I think there is a thought in America of like we have to show you everything that we're doing. But I think Americans have this thought of like, oh, I have to tell people what I'm doing. So it's very it's very kind of serve it up on a platter. And so I think what's fun about this film is it has kind of a European thing of like, we're going to let you guess what they're thinking or we're going to let some of it kind of be in the imagination. Because even at the end, unlike a lot of kind of romantic films from that time, like even in the fifties, I think it would be, she'd come in the door and they would have this passionate kiss and then (laughs) it would fade to black. The end credits roll. (laughs) And in this film, she comes in and they have this really lovely exchange of like, I'm on my own. And then they play gin rummy. And she says, shut up and deal. Because he (laughs) says, I love you. I adore you. Shut up and deal. (laughs) Are you all right? I'm fine.
3: Are you sure? How's your knee? I'm fine all over. Mind if I come in? Of course not. Let me get another glass. Where are you going? Well, who knows, another neighborhood, another town, another job. I'm on my own.
0: That's funny, so am I. What'd you do with the cards?
3: In there. What about Mr. Sheldrake? I'm gonna send him a fruitcake every Christmas? I love you, Miss Kublik. Three. Queen. Did you hear what I said, Miss Kublik? I absolutely adore you. Shut up
0: and deal.
1: <laughs> See, that's. Becky, I want to talk to you again about other films. We don't have <laughs> to do it on the podcast. Maybe we could do it on the stoop. Oh, call but me yeah. anytime. I'll be yeah. at the <laughs> <room>. <laughs> But there it is. If come on over for coffee. Um, well, come on, I'm on the stoop. I'm on the stoop. Why don't they make films like this anymore? It could be the name of we our show. Why don't they make films anymore? anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, she's like, that's, I'm sorry, but let's, let's, let's stereotype. Americans love to be on the nose about their feelings. I love you. I adore oh, you. They, what does the Europeans say? Shut up and deal. Shut up and deal. They don't want to talk about the feeling. They, they, <laughs> this is how I feel. I don't right. need to tell you in my words. You know how I feel about you. Right. Just shut up and get on with it.
0: Yeah. Hundred <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent.
1: <laughs> shut up and deal. That could be know. the name of a podcast. Huh? Yes. Anyway. <laughs> I, lo- I love. I love f- that that you pointed that out. That that's uh, that's is that the last line of the film? Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing.
0: <laughs> and I. And it's funny cuz as an American I was waiting for them to have that passionate kiss and for that to be the end. And then when it starts fading to black cuz she says shut up and deal and he like has this smile of like yes, we got the girl and like we're there. And then mm. it fades to black and like that's almost just as good. It feels like
1: <laughs> it's it's beautiful. It's it's I'll bring a theatrical writer into this. It's uh, uh Sam Shepard. Mm. Uh, wonderful um I had the pleasure of meeting and uh, working with very briefly at one point. But uh, he always said the best ending is something that starts to evolve into a new beginning. You could feel it start to turn and the motion, the movement of it start to the stories. You know, it's almost like, okay, back to this is chapter one of a new story. It's starting and then it fades. Yeah. And uh, that's done so well. Yeah. It, you don't have to wrap it up with the kiss. It's like, it's, you don't have to, that closes it. But if yeah. it's a shut up and deal and you start a new game mm-hmm. and you're both free and you're like, you know, you're on your own now. Yeah. You know, it's, that's a new story. And they, wonderful that, I love the way you pointed that out about the kiss. You know, that's, that's the way they would do it, right?
0: Yeah. It All would right. be, you know, Cary Grant, Lauren Bacall and like a passionate kiss embrace. And it lasts for only however many seconds long it was allowed to last. And then it was right. the vignette closing and, and no, they say, we don't want to do any of that. We're going to leave. The implication is already there. We don't need to say anymore. We don't need to do anymore.
1: Right. It's just, God, you don't you just wonder like what the script. you know, did they, did he have to fight for a lot? Of, yeah, I, I don't know. He was really established. I mean, this is a, another yeah. conversation, but <laughs> thank God they ended up with that script. Okay. Whatever. Thank God Absolutely. they ended up with that script.
0: Absolutely. Well, and so let me read you because I'm looking at the um, one of the because you know, 1960, I, there was like four or five different posters for every movie ever. And so the one that they have on IMDb, it's this long quote on the front and it says, movie wise, there's never been anything like The Apartment, love wise, laugh wise, or otherwise.
1: <laughs> I, I don't like that. <laughs> I just don't like that. I just, uh, that's, 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 that's the, uh, the American marketing machine inside the <laughs> studio or something like, and then the color They're just, you know, they hired some, I'm, I'm just making this up. They hired some marketing vendor yeah. fucking shit. Like what is, like, what is that? You don't even need to do any of that.
0: Right. Well, and I feel like if you're going to do something like that, make it even closer to the quote that he says and be like, there's never been an apartment movie flies. I mean, (laughs) exactly.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Like you get, get, get the structure, at least the structure of the line. (laughs) How did they get that one approved?
0: I don't know. Uh, Nineteen Sixty had a whole other set of (laughs) rules.
1: So that's the, that's the, that's the chief uh, main creative they have on the IMDB. That's their main poster.
0: Well, that's the one that when you like look it up on IMDb, it's right. the one that comes up.
1: What a shame.
0: I know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> one of the greatest movies of, of all time. I just grab a quote and put it over as black and white still.
0: Yeah. 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 What more do you yeah. need?
1: <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, um, him with the spaghetti or something.
0: Yeah. Oh, With, that the, with,
1: nice. with the tennis racket. <laughs> you know, sp- yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. What do you say? Wait till you. I I don't want to misquote him, but something he says, yeah. Wait till you wait till you see the wait till you see the meatballs. You think this is good? <laughs>
0: because he spikes them into. The-
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, oh my backhand. He says, uh, you know, like, I have a great backhand, and he backhands the spaghetti into the <laughs> bowl. You know, wait till you see the way I hit my meatballs or something. I don't know what it is. It's so cute. Yeah. You know, he's really a wonderful actor. Wow, that's a whole other. You know, he went to Harvard. He was, I don't th- even think his major was drama in Harvard.
0: Yeah, I don't think so, but yeah, yeah.
1: Harvard. There you, there you go. I mean, I'm just saying, like, just to, just not to segue, but, you know, again, this is 1960 and I don't, I don't, I'm not an expert on all this, but these are people that even uh, Billy Wilder years ago, uh, writing screenplays, like, they didn't have screenplay school. <laughs> you know, no, no, like he, just he just did it like you learned you know he learned in the theater I think it was Berlin I'm not sure I don't mm-hmm. want to mis- misquote him there but he did come theatrical background and he was a young guy and he started writing screenplays and maybe he was a journalist first uh but you know you you figure it out as you go along you test it and you 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 figure that stuff out and and anyone out there like you can do it just keep just make stuff and figure it out and you'll you'll know when you know you have to cut things and sharpen the story and uh, you know he he had a lot of writing up into the point into 1960 he had written a lot of films like i said i think he was a journalist first maybe he worked in the theater but they didn't have these like big film schools and jack lemon didn't go to like you know acting school or mfa and, you know, <laughs> you know, and and i think that that's just what it is right now but like you you know with anything in life you could you could you could learn it you know august wilson was a great playwright he like read a lot of books in the library Mm-hmm. you know like that's mm-hmm. a story you know what's the structure of a story like just go get obsessed with it and learn as much as you can but these guys were great uh and and um, just admire it. admire that type of filmmaking and storytelling
0: absolutely well and so is there anything else we can say about this film that we haven't already that we haven't <laughs> touched on
1: <laughs> i know like what what i know it's like let's let's see is there a scene we didn't uh Talk about I don't I don't I don't know You know I I love the way that just from a directorial perspective Mm -hmm. like it's shot to like The Office Oh yeah Right It's like What is there like five hundred desks It looks like or a thousand desks It looks like a football field of (laughs) a factory of of thousands of workers and the set that they built. You know, uh, and the way they shot it, and I don't know all the technical lingo there. Uh, directors out there could check it out, <laughs> or if you're interested in directing, but it's just incredible. It's like a modern. It's like that in nineteenth It's like their version of a of a factory of workers, yeah. just type just typists and, and insurance workers. And it's um, very interesting. I, I just think it's really impressive that that's one of the first things you see in the movie. She's he's just we're all just a cog in the wheel. This guy is just yeah. a right?
0: Well, and there's like that scene when they, they all first get into work and it's full of people working. But then there's also the shot when he's leaving the Christmas party and it's empty. Like the Mm. whole side of the office is empty and it's just like a completely different feel and vibe. And when I was seeing it, I was getting kind of like a Wolf of Wall Street vibe, like because of the, the way the lighting was or something like that. And I was like, no, no Wolf of Wall Street came later. That it was this first.
1: <laughs> yeah, right, right. That's the predecessor. This, yeah. These empty... Yeah, right, right. Like these Wall Street... Uh, what are they? Like, you know, the the, the trading floors.
0: Yeah, yeah. It definitely, like, had that kind of vibe. But it's, like, just insurance people typing.
1: Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> typing. And, like, well, the Wall Street, everyone's trading. We're all occupying these huge spaces with thousands of people. And then we go home to our apartments. Right. <laughs> whatever that is
0: well maybe we go home to our apartments maybe we sleep in central park
1: (laughs) yeah we sleep right yeah i i i you know he does sleep in central park i read you know you don't know if this stuff is true but you know they said that he really did catch a cold jack lemon shooting that scene and i'm wondering wait the cold had to be written in the script but he really got a cold like i was confused about that That, did he get a cold and billy wilder's like let's make him sick but I'm like, that's such a right. That can't right. be that's in, the, that's in the script, yeah. <laughs> but uh, he did, I guess, get cold, and then he said they, he really got hit in the face on one of the takes when yeah, the guy touches him. Did you read that? I, I read, did that. read
0: that? I read that it was supposed to be mimed, but he didn't move quite right and got punched <laughs> in the face. <laughs> <And> <laughs> Billy Wilder was like, that's the one, that's the one. All, one.
1: <laughs> all the more reasons to watch this film, listener. <laughs> uh, yeah, if, and, and the New York obsessive, whatever historians, you know, the bar, I found out the bar is still there where they shot that scene. Where he really? Meets that, that girl. Yeah. Bobby likes to hear that. Bring Let's bring Bobby back. in the <laughs> Bobby loves that stuff. Bobby, the bar's there. No, really? We need to go. <laughs> I'm like, well, you can't go right now, man. You can't go anywhere, <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll go. when when, when it,
0: when it, when it turns came, yeah. back to
1: normal, I don't know what
0: that means. Yeah, we'll see.
1: We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to sit in a bar again, but that bar is still there. So, you know, they shot it in the sort of Upper West Side, Lincoln Center area.
0: I love that. Um, yeah. So we'll record our next episode on the stoop, and then we'll go to the bar.
1: <laughs> I, I'm thinking, man, we could just have coffee, and then it just, uh, and all of a sudden, you know, it gets later in the day, we could have a little like a sandwich, and next thing you know, we're in the bar having a beer. Love that. Okay. <laughs> i would like that it uh, i'm again i'm just honored to be on the on your show
0: well i'm happy to have you this has been a delightful conversation <laughs>
1: i've i've had fun i hope the listeners will uh, have fun and uh never listen to another podcast about like stephen jarrry man, not <laughs> that guy i don't even know i don't even know if i want to see the holdouts but we might have to see it so uh, <laughs> more, more on that at some at some time that uh that's It'll be on Amazon. I just don't have the date yet, but we can, I can tell you about that. Maybe you can um, put something.
0: Absolutely.
1: View, viewers check it out. Just the pilot. I think we'll be on uh, Amazon and uh, we are, uh, have an agent shopping it around. So that's part of the business, man. You just have to, you know, until you're Billy Wilder, you got to. <laughs> uh, right. Gotta pay, write great stories. Keep writing them. Absolutely. The best story you can write. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So you have the holdouts coming out. Are there any other projects of yours that we should be aware of that on our radar?
1: Uh, I have another series called speed mating uh, mm-hmm. yes. that will go on Vimeo uh, paid channels with uh starring great actors, uh, Timothy speed Levitch
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, who was in a couple of really wonderful Richard Linklater films, uh, waking life. He was also, um, and a film of Bennett, Bennett Miller. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm missing the name of the film. I'm forgetting the name of the film right now. Uh, but his name is Timothy Speedlavich and he's the star of our new series called Speed Mating,
2: mm-hmm. uh,
1: about a, uh, uh, it's, it's a, it's a dating series. Every episode he goes on a different date. He's in search of a woman who he can have a baby with cause he found out he can't naturally impregnate women. And oh. he's, turning 50 and he feels his life is slipping away so he's on this quest to uh, uh go on a, a bunch of a bunch of dates until he meets the right uh until he meets the right woman he thinks that's going to bring him happiness but maybe something else will
2: that's his mm. so that's
1: cool he's a great actor yes uh it's timothy speed leverage speed manning we've done three episodes it premiered at uh series fest, which is a really wonderful, uh, festival just dedicated to television pilots and, um, short form series that everyone should know about. It's in Denver, Colorado every here.
0: <laughs> wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, I'm definitely looking out for those. You're welcome back on the show anytime. Thank you so much for Coming on, I'm so glad Robert set this up. This has been so much fun.
1: Oh my God. I've had so, I, I've had, I'm, I'm going to get another cup of coffee and uh, I'm on a, I'm on a high. I'm on the Becky high. I'm gr- <laughs> grateful to uh, be on the show and I'm, I look forward to uh, hanging out on the stoop. It's
0: Absolutely. Amazing. We'll set it up after this. It'll be great.
1: <laughs> awesome. Thank you, Becky. Thank you so much. Thank
0: you. Another huge thank you to Stephen Girasulo for coming on the show and talking about his favorite film, The Apartment. I can't tell you how much fun this episode was. Even just listening back uh, when I was doing the editing, I just kept laughing <laughs> to myself. Um, looking forward for this pandemic to be over so that I can go to New York and have a stoop conversation with Stephen and just have an overall good time looking at... Places from the apartment, essentially. Now, of course, if you liked this episode, please go back and listen to our other 16 episodes available, season one and the beginning of season two, which is where we are now, in case you didn't know. Uh, but if you just can't wait to get more film content, don't worry, I got you. Uh, you have a couple options. Option one, you can follow us on Instagram at scopophilia_podcast. underscore podcast. Option two, You can follow us on TikTok at Scopophilia, the podcast. And three, since you're already there uh, on the internet, on the interwebs, uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe the show. It means a lot to me, and it helps the show out a lot. And lastly, be sure to tell your friends, your family, your family of friends, your friends of family about the show, because we just want to keep talking about movies with everyone. As always, I'm your host, Becky Teller here leading the millennial movie movement on Scopophilia, and I'll see you all next Friday. Bye!